You're listening to The Wild Cards, an NFL podcast where we'll discuss everything from team trends and player performances to the week's best bets and fantasy football. I'm Pasquale Petinicchio, and this week we've got a special guest on the show. Alex unfortunately couldn't make it, so our good friend and fan of the show, Vince Coletti, is going to be pinch hitting for him. In this week's episode, we'll discuss the Giants' playoff push, what's really the problem in Green Bay, and where's the Pats' pass rush. Thanks for listening. Let's get started. Hey, what's up, Vinny? Hey, not much. You? Not too much. Should we get started? Yeah, I guess. I guess we should do this. My AFC beast this week is the Miami Dolphins. Um, we haven't really given the Dolphins much love on this podcast, and for no. the most part, that's because they're not very good. I'll be honest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, you know, after winning four straight, I guess it's about time. Uh, you know, they got their turn to wear the AFC beast crown. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think I they think won so. four straight. I didn't they even won know. four straight. I know it. I I was a little shocked by that. I kind of lost track of who they'd beaten, and I looked at it, and I was like, "Wow, they they, they just won four games in a row." Wow, uh, they did it pretty quietly. I'm they did lie. it pretty quietly, and they did it honestly, Vinny. They did it on the back of Jay Ajayi for the most part. Um, yeah, the guy who Alex couldn't pronounce last week. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, I'm still not sold on this guy. Uh, you know, but when I when you carry a team to back-to-back wins with 200-yard games, and then the last two he still kind of kept up a pretty high level. He cracked 100 the other game. He had like 80 yards uh, on Sunday. Um, but for me, I kind of like with this Ajay guy. I see him kind of coming back to uh, regressing to the mean a little bit because he's averaging yeah. over six, he's averaging over six yards a carry, mm-hmm. and that's just kind of okay. Here's my reasoning, like. Look, okay. here's my reasoning, okay? Jamal Charles, with it, yeah. Jamal Charles, Jim Brown, Gale Sayers, Barry Sanders. These are the running backs that over a career average over five yards a carry. And Jay Ajayi is averaging over six right now over the last four weeks. Okay. So, so these, yeah. are, these are guys all amongst like the best running backs of their generation. And something tells me that J.H.I. is not, not one of one the of best them. of this generation. Like, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to be talking about J.H.I. in 15 years from now, right? Okay. If that's what you think, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? But I, I just, and, you know, we've already seen his pace normalize a little bit over the last two games. Like, he was averaging, like, eight, seven, eight yards a carry in those 200-yard games. He's averaged just over four in the last two. And if he can, you know, if he can keep running over four, it's still going to be a good thing for the for the Dolphins. But I, I don't see him running at six, seven yards a carry. That's just uh, otherworldly. I think it's yeah, that's blip seems... on blip on the JGI career radar. Incredible. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. it's very possible, you know. But uh, anyways, I'll get back on track here. I just yeah, cool. I, I uh, yeah, I took them as a beast, and I just trashed JGI for twenty seconds, but. Uh, um, that's okay. Another that's one. What we have to do here. Yeah, yeah, that's what we got to do. And uh, you know, another thing I think why I'm going to put him in this place is because Devontae Parker looked really good. Uh, they expected him to be a dynamic wide receiver coming into the season, but then he had, you know, he had some hamstring issues, and uh, he's been largely a bust all season. But he just kind of exploded onto the scene on the weekend, and uh, I think that combined with the strong running game takes a little bit of pressure off Tannehill. Uh, and it's gonna make him. It's gonna make him a little tougher to beat down the stretch. 
Um, not to mention they got a pretty damn light schedule to close out the season. They got uh, oh yeah yeah they got the 49ers, Cardinals, and Pats at home. Uh, so two okay. of those games are really winnable, and they play the Pats in Week 17. So there's a chance that the Dolphins can catch a break. You know, with the the Patriots maybe resting everybody like they've done in the past uh, in Week 17. You know, just kind of uh, take it easy and uh, when they're already riding high, uh, yeah, and probably throw the game. I mean, there's a chance that maybe they need it for home field, but I don't know. We'll see. Mm -hmm. Anyway, at least two of those three games, you know, Cards and 49ers, those are very winnable. Yeah, you can beat those teams. (laughs) Yeah, and then and then there are three road games. uh, Sorry, they have four road games. And uh, they're at LA, at Baltimore, at Buffalo, and the Jets. So the Rams are terrible. <laughs> yeah, seriously, that's uh, yeah. And and they're gonna be they're gonna be starting Jared Goff. Who uh, let's be honest, how bad is Jared Goff that it took him this long to get onto the field when he was playing behind Case Keenum? Pretty bad, yes. Um, the Jets looked like they packed it in. They decided to go with Bryce Petty, and they lost to Case Keenum and the Rams this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the Bills game will probably be hard fought, and the Ravens got a pretty decent D, but they have no no offense whatsoever. So, to me, I could honestly, I could see the Dolphins going five and two down the stretch. But yeah, would, it's the Dolphins, yeah, so I'm not gonna, I'm not about to go know. tell anybody to go put money on it. But um, I, oh, come on, I was just about to go put money on. It. <laughs> I had you sold there, eh? Oh yeah, I was sold. But uh, yeah, I honestly, I, I I see them trending upwards and uh, and maybe making a push for a wild card spot. Cool. All right, who you got, man? Dolphins, book it. <laughs> uh, where do I got? AFC Beast. All right, this is the first time I do this, so remember, you know, take we'll it cut, easy. We'll on cut me. you some slack. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> uh, I had the Titans. I nice. Know, I feel like I feel like you guys have spoken about them a lot on this podcast, and I know Al likes to bring up all the times that he bet on them, and they would and. They're winning something. I don't know. He bet on the division, I think. Anyway. Yeah, he bet th- he bet on them to win the division in his season-long um, bets. Uh, yes, that's how he does it. So, yeah, no, they just had, like, a really strong game. Everything was working. Oh, my God. And Mariota, I think you're going to talk about him later. Yeah. But yeah. unbelievable. So, they put up 47 points, and I was shocked when I – just kept looking at the scores, updating on my phone. I couldn't believe what was happening. I thought it was a glitch, and especially <laughs> against the Packers. Not that their defense is the greatest thing that ever lived, but still, I was just shocked. And hey, look, the Titans are five and five. Nothing wrong with that. No, nothing wrong with that, especially when they're playing in a terrible division. Yeah, exactly. Not like their division isn't lighting anybody on fire. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah that was my AFC beast this week. The Titans. Yeah, I, that's a fair pick. I mean, I was a little, I was high on the Titans. Then I got really pissed when they lost to the Colts. And I think yeah, that's that, the last that time I talked terrible. about them. I, I trashed them because the thing is, going into that game, I was like, this is where, this is where the Titans run away with the division, right? They beat the Colts yeah, here. Yeah, they beat the Colts and they're fine. And and for me, it was like on paper they matched up so perfectly. Like they've got they've got a great offensive line, they've got a great defensive line, and a good run game. And the Colts have no line play. Like they've got one of the worst offensive lines. They got one of the worst defensive lines. I was like, they're just gonna run all over the Colts. And somehow they found a way to lose that game. So I yeah. I, I sold my Titans stock after that game. Yeah, you're done with the Titans. Uh, I'm. But you know I was, what? I, was, I think I I'm like you know, I was like really that was kind of like a an emotional 
upset that they didn't come through decision. I think they still have a chance to win the division. And that's not necessarily saying anything about the Titans and more so about the fact that the division is just pure yeah, shit. Yeah, not like, well, they could win it. The Texans are not a terrible team. I mean, I it's hard to read the Texans, I find. Well, the Texans just won and Brock Osweiler threw for like 90 yards. Yeah, that's he, okay. never a good thing. Hopkins had... More success last year when he played with, like, I don't know, three or four different quarterbacks. He had Brian Hoyer, um, Ryan Mallett, like, terrible quarterbacks throwing him the ball. And he had a much more successful season than he's having with Brock Osweiler. Like, I just, that blows my mind. I I don't even understand how bad this guy is. He's pretty bad, but he's putting up wins. Sometimes it's all that matters. But it's like they're only beating their division. It's like they said, okay, whatever. Our division's so crap. All we gotta do is win these yeah. six games within the division, and then we'll make the playoffs. Find a way to win one or two other ones. You know, beat a crappy team here and there, and then you know, eight and eight, nine and seven, we're in the playoffs. Yeah, it's true. You guys have trashed the AFC South so often. It's crazy. Yeah. But it's so bad. But I'm fully on board. Yeah, no, I'm fully on board. 100%. I have no choice. I have no choice. Okay. Yeah, I, it, needs, it needs to be talked about. It does. Yeah. Okay, let's uh, let's move on to AFC least. Um, my team this week is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Really? Yeah, Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. They've quickly become one of the most disappointing teams of the season for me. Um, early on, you know, everyone was in love with their high-powered offense. Uh, I think if you go back and listen to the experts, most people had them penciled in for an AFC Championship game appearance. Yeah, I think so. And then, you know, Big Ben got a little dinged up against the Dolphins. Uh, he, But he finished the game, then he missed the Pats game, and he was back, you know, kind of injured against the Ravens. But the Steelers have been in a tailspin for like four weeks now. They've lost four in a row. Yeah. Uh, and the AFC North is arguably the weakest it's been in a long time. Like, the, the Browns are yeah, probably going to go 0-16. The Ravens have, like, virtually no offense. And the Bengals have taken such a big step back from last year. So, for me, it's, like, so sad that the Steelers haven't been able to just run away with this division. Like, they've, they're have they probably the most talented team in the division. Um, okay, defensively, they're not the best. But, I don't know. For me, I guess one of the biggest problems is that, is that this team is, like, Jekyll and Hyde when it comes to home versus road. We've got some first-hand yeah, experience like. with that. Well, got... we know about that. We don't have to go back on it. But uh, we know that the Steelers on the road this is a terrible option. It's a terrible option. It's a terrible option, and I think the main reason for that is that when they're on when they're on the road, they're like their explosive offense. They just tend to fire blanks. They're they're, they're not effective. Yeah, they just can't pull it together. I don't know why, but. Yeah, I don't get it. I'm not sure what it is, but you know, being away from Heinz Field, uh, the offense just doesn't seem to get up for the games, and it puts a lot of pressure on a defense that, like, on a good day, would probably struggle defense. to stop a nosebleed. Defense uh, is the one where you don't have the football, right? Yeah, that's that's the one. That's the one. <laughs> I'm I'm a rookie here. Come on. <laughs> Starting to question my pinch hitting decision here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah. But yeah, also, no, just on the on the road, they're terrible. Vinny, like, can Mike Tomlin stop going for two, please? It's driving me yeah. nuts. It's... Apparently, that's all they do now. I I saw it on Sunday when that's they tried it after every touchdown. Like sometimes I understood what they were trying to do, but there was another time where I was just like, why are they going for two right now? It they went no for sense. two on the first score of the game. 
Yeah, you get an it. interception. You get an interception, yeah. and then you score a touchdown. And then why are you gonna go give away momentum by fucking up a two point conversion? Just kick the extra yeah. point. And then not only that, but then they kick the ball out of bounds. I, whatever. Mm. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get Mike Tomlin. I get you know we've got it. You've got balls of steel. You like to go hard, <laughs> point taken. But uh, now can you just be a smart coach and make some good situational decisions? Like yeah, it they, would it would be great if you could do that. They they lost by five to the Cowboys. So like on surface, like it doesn't seem like the four extra points would have made a difference. But no. Like, you know, looking into it, like, I really thought about it, okay? And if you break it down, it could have made a huge difference because when the Steelers were up 24-23, there was about, like, a minute 50, just under two minutes left on the clock anyways. The Cowboys had the ball inside the Steelers' 20. And then the Steelers decided to have their defense just part like the Red Sea and let Zeke walk in for an easy touchdown. Yeah, they I needed, that. They needed to leave. Oh, yeah. That was a... <laughs> <laughs> but it was good, yeah. But yeah, so they did that so that they could have enough time left on the clock for them to make a comeback, right? Yeah. But if the Steelers had kicked the extra points on all their touchdowns to that point, right? Mm -hmm. They would have been leading 27-23 at that point and not 24-23. Yeah, exactly. So they could have tried to make a defensive stand because all they had to do was keep them out of the end zone. And and, and and it could have worked, right? Instead of saying, "Oh shit, we're only up by one." So now we can't let them we can't let them kill the clock and kill uh, and kick a field goal because then we're not gonna have enough time to go downfield and respond. So we gotta give mm-hmm. them a touchdown, and then whatever. But okay, look, no, yeah. I'll, you're I'll, absolutely right. I'll admit, like as far as excitement goes, you know the fact that they refused to kick those extra points made it made for one heck of an ending. But like as far yeah, as like for did. me being someone who appreciates smart football, uh, <laughs> I guess I might be just a little bit, you know. It might be a little bit unhealthy how much this annoyed me, but it it annoyed no, the heck out of me. Yeah, maybe it's a little bit annoying, but it's it's normal. They're making decisions that can't be understood by anybody, so something's wrong there. But we don't know what it is, obviously. No, but to me, I don't know. It's it would have been smarter to take the uh, take the extra points. You would have been in a position to to probably win the game at the end. And okay, they, they don't have they don't have a great. They don't. Yeah, they had the. Was, they got the fake cool. spike. Like I said, it made for an exciting ending. Like the the yeah. back and forth. You know, they let Zeke walk in, then they go downfield. He does the fake spike. They score the touchdown. Then it comes back mm-hmm. the other way. Like the NFL really yeah. needed a game like that and a Sunday like that because there's been some pretty bad football games this year. Yeah, there has been. So I guess on that note, uh, good for Mike Tomlin being an idiot and made it fun. <laughs> Yeah, he makes it fun. Come on. <laughs> but if I was a Steelers fan, I'd be pulling the hair out of my head, man. Yeah, I got to ask one. I know one. I'll see what he says. All right. Who do you have? Yeah, so AFC least, I have the Jets. That's fair. Who could have easily been an AFC least many weeks this week, this year so far. And I have them as the AFC least just because they only put up six points. And I couldn't believe that against the Rams, who are not even that great. I mean, at four and five, they're just hanging around for no reason. And they just, and the, the six points that they put up was a touchdown where they then missed the extra point. <laughs> so it's not even like they did two, they scored two field goals where they did something right. No, they had to score a touchdown and then do something wrong again. Anyway. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, they had, uh, who was it, the rookie quarterback that was in there? Bryce Petty. Yeah, Bryce Petty, who I had never heard of until that day. 
and that's it. He he threw for about 150 yards, something like that. That, that one touchdown that was a nice play. It was a flip pass in the to get into the end zone, which was cool. Yeah, and it I mean, was early on, so I thought maybe they're gonna do some damage here. Yeah, but uh, no, they didn't do anything for the rest of the night. And I had the Jets to cover. They only had to cover two and a half points, and they couldn't even and score more than couldn't once. Couldn't even do that. No, it was unbelievable to see, and just terrible by the Jets. Oh yeah, they've been playing terrible football. That's uh, and and, oh, yeah, and Revis is just like falling apart. He even admitted yeah. he's like they they asked him the question, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm really? just old." He literally said. He said that. Yeah, he said, "I got well, old." They're like, "What's up with you this season?" It. He's like, he literally said, "I got old." I was like, "Okay, thank." All right, well, that's good. The the just Jets must be then. so happy that they signed him to like the biggest guaranteed money contract Seriously. of a defensive back in the history of the NFL just two years ago. But I'm sorry when I when a player says that it's time to just end it, man. Just oh yeah, hang retire. it up. If you're saying that. Like, you know everybody's saying it about you, first of all. Yeah. And second of all, you're saying it about yourself now. You should just, it's over. No, You have no confidence. And any defense, any offense is just going to come right at you now. Vinny, Kenny Britt and Case Keenum put up 109 yards yeah, exactly. against Darrell Rivas. They yeah, threw at Darrell Rivas. Case Keenum. Case Keenum. <laughs> oh, yeah, that guy. Threw at Darrell Rivas. He. Yeah specifically targeted Darrell Rivas and he torched him. This is a guy that probably can't torch most third-string corners in the NFL. No. Hell, he's getting benched for Jared Goff. Yes. Like, retire Rivas. Just hang him up. You had a great career. You were one of the best. You were a joy to watch, but it's enough. How old is he now anyway? He's in his mid-30s. Mid-30s. Yeah, he's not for you in the NFL in your mid 30s Especially for a corner, especially yeah, for a corner. You gotta be so fast. Yeah, you gotta have speed. You gotta be. Yeah, he just can't do the same kind of things he used to be able to do. Because no, he exactly. he was what made him so great was the fact that he would kind of play slightly off coverage. He had great recovery speed, so he would spend a lot of time yeah. peering into the backfield. Like he he spent more time than most corners looking at the quarterback. So he can make mm-hmm. plays on the ball. Like he would read the quarterback longer than most because, you know, if he turned back and, yeah, and he, could he, he, he could catch the guy, right? Yeah. But now he just doesn't have that speed anymore. So he 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 lost his edge. You know, like he can't, he's not yeah. Revis anymore, and he's not adjust. Yeah. It doesn't look like he wants to adjust. Maybe he can adjust, but it doesn't look like he cares enough to no, adjust. No, but you know what? At uh, at three and seven for the Jets, does he really need to? I mean, just. Ride out the season, man. Do whatever. They're not. They're not going anywhere. This team. No, and I, I think I almost don't blame them. But I mean, as an athlete, you want to be competitive all the time. But but I, I think he got what he wanted. Like Revis was always all about the money, and then really? yeah. he, he, you know, every year when he was, you know, at the top of his game, it was all these renegotiations of his contract and the off season. He had to be the top paid defensive player. This and that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, once it, it stopped working out in uh, in New York, he found his way to New England. He won his championship, so he's got his ring that'll solidify him as a as a Hall of Famer. And then he cashed in like crazy big time at the end of his career. So I don't think yeah. the guy's got anything left to play for. Like he 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 was a money guy. He made his money, and then <laughs> some. And he managed yeah. he managed to score a ring out of his career. So I think he's really like he's, hey, not bad. No, not bad. I mean, you got to give it to him. <laughs> exactly. uh, I think there's tons of people who'd want to be in his situation. Yeah, definitely. Probably but, us. 
Probably us. Yes, I would. I would trade my life for Darrell Rivas. I might. <laughs> but, yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Let's let's move on to the other conference, NFC. Sure. My NFC beast is the New York Football Giants. Oh yeah. I've talked about the Giants several times on this podcast. Yeah, you have. In both positive and negative ways. Um, mm-hmm. Just like my AFC beast, uh, the Giants are riding a four-game winning streak. And uh, it seems to me like they're getting hot at the right time. Uh, mm-hmm. NFC playoff team should probably start to worry. Heck, the Pats should probably start to worry because the, yeah, way the well, Giants have looked. the only team that they, could, that yeah. they, could, that they can't beat. They've, yeah. they've looked good the last few weeks, and I think it's going to end up leading to Pats Giants Super Bowl trilogy. And oh, that's no. the last thing that I want. That, yeah, that would be the last thing you'd want, but that's, it'd be fun to watch. It would be. You know what? They were good. They were. They've all been good games, but I honestly don't think I could stomach seeing Eli on the other side in the Super Bowl one more. Like Come on, I can't. I give can't. Eli his third ring, man. Let's no, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't stomach it. It's just no, too much. We have to start the bandwagon that he's better than his brother. Yeah, that I could get on board for though. Really? <laughs> oh my god! I was just joking around. But... No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> it's just, it's just because of the 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 rivalry between the you know Brady and Manning over the career. Yeah, I like to sure. I like to poke fun at him, but there's the yeah, there's yeah, not a chance it. in hell. Although, has has anybody looked more upset in victory than Eli Manning did when his brother clinched that Super Bowl last year? He had this yeah, look on his face like somebody he who was losing. He, he looked like a younger sibling losing bragging rights. He had probably been holding that over Peyton Manning's head for years, saying, ah, for years. I got two rings. I got more rings than you. I'm a better quarterback. Yeah, 100%. He was probably doing that for years, probably even rubbing it in his face that he beat the Patriots because the Patriots beat him so many times. Yeah, exactly. And then when he, he ran that rolling. ring, they they show Eli's face. Then he's like, oh, no, I was just thinking if they were going to go for two or I don't know what the heck kind right, of bullshit right, excuse right. he used, but it was just like this, like, ah, oh, no, I didn't want him to win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. Yeah exactly. He didn't want him to win. Come on, man. It's your brother. I know, but he. I'm telling Super you, man. He he wanted those bragging rights because you know, yeah, know his brother's got I'm all sure the, the 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 passing records and all that, right? So. Oh God, his brother has everything. Forget it. Yeah. So uh, he was he was dejected, but you know. <laughs> anyways, Eli still looks like his usual bumbling self. Yeah, his, his normal bumbling self that keeps doing stuff that's amazing. I don't. I, sometimes I don't get it. Um, but you know, the guy he's thrown at least two interceptions in three of the last four games, uh, mm-hmm. and the difference is that uh, you know the defense that they spent big money on is finally starting to gel. Um, okay. You know, I I like I said before, I talked about them a couple times on my podcast. I picked them to be mm-hmm. a much improved team. I praised them early on, then I tore yeah, them down. The, you're loving the Giants. I'm, I'm, I've been flip flopping on the Giants all season. Um, I'm done flip flopping. I'm, I'm committing to them as a playoff team. All right. That, well, at yeah. six and three, I think you could get it. Yeah. yeah, I think the defense is woken up. Uh, their second year safety, Landon Collins, is he's playing like a Pro Bowler. He's got four picks and a pick six in the last three games. Their big mm-hmm. free agent signings, Janoris Jenkins and Snacks Harrison, they've been great all year, and now the rest of the defense is kind of coming alive. Uh, this, uh, the Giants are always you know, at their scariest when they get the pass rush going, and in the mm-hmm. Bengals game, uh, you know, Olivier Vernon and JPP, they finally kind of got it into gear. Vernon had 10 tackles, a sack, a quarterback hit, two tackles for a loss, 
Pierre Paul had five tackles, two quarterback hits, and he came up big with two passes defended, which is nice to see because, uh, you know, that's, that was kind of usually his thing during his Pro Bowl seasons was <clears> always <throat> getting his hands on the ball at the line. And, yeah. uh, you know, since he blew his fingers off, that kind of wasn't happening as much anymore. <laughs> no, it's hard to get fingers on the ball when you don't have any. Yeah, there's, I, I can't tell the number of times that the ball just went, like, right over the space where a finger should be. <laughs> Looking for stuff, come on. <laughs> can't be. <laughs> that was too funny though. Um, but another, another like kind of like underrated element of the Giants is the fact that Rashad Jennings is finally starting to look like himself again. He got injured early, and then the Giants had like no running game for a month. Like they couldn't run the ball; they had nobody. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then like he came back, and it took a few games. He had a couple of bad games, but now it looks like he's rounding into the form. And the Giants are just like they're at their best when they focus on rushing the passer and running the ball. Uh, so I think yeah. we're going to see some good Giants games on the stretch. Um, Perfect. Yeah, that's that. I don't mind the Giants, so I'll be happy with that. Though they're going to mix it up in the playoffs. They're going to be interesting. It'll be definitely cool to watch. All right, who you got? So who do I got? It's funny. For my NFC beast, I wrote down three things. And anyway, I wrote the Cowboys. Uh because that win was just was great, and to put them at eight and one was perfect. Yeah. But I had written, but I think my pick is going to be the Bucks. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. I. I. This team. There's something about this team that I, I like. It's they're fun to watch. I watch the highlights all the time, and it's like I like watching Jameis Winston. He's great, and it's just a fun team. I find even at their record is terrible and whatever, but and they beat <laughs> the Bears that are even worse. That I can't even understand how bad the Bears are. But the Bears were favored in that game. Yeah, can you believe uh, that? It's unbelievable to me. They were road how, favorites on the road. Joey probably would have loved to pick them. That, yeah, Joey would have loved to pick them for sure, especially since but he, yeah, yeah. Anyways, yeah, no, but uh, yeah. So it's just they're really fun to watch and. Like I said, Winston had that crazy play. I don't remember. I don't know if you saw it. The one in the it end when just, he was running around yeah, in, the, he, in the end zone. He ran back. He went right into the end zone. It was so cool. And um, so yeah, the Buccaneers were definitely my my AFC. No, sorry, NFC beast this week, <laughs> putting up thirty six points. It was uh, awesome. Yeah, I'll tell you what though. When he when he had that play, I had. Uh, I had that game under, and no way. Yeah, and there was you know the 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 Bears had just scored, and then they got the ball back, and in like two plays they went from you know they were in like they're inside their own ten. I'm like, okay, good. This is gonna kind of kill the clock at the end of the half. Yeah. We're gonna go into halftime. We're perfectly on schedule for this game to go under. Mm-hmm. And, and then he, he makes that crazy play. He throws it downfield. Okay, now they're at midfield. Then next play, what happens? Same thing. He finds yeah, he what was it Mike bomb, Evans man. or whatever. He throws a bomb, and then they're in the yeah. end zone. And I'm like, holy crap! In a matter of seven seconds, you went from like inside the ten to touchdown in two plays. And yeah. now my under is in jeopardy. I was so pissed. <laughs> I, I believe it. I, you know how mad I would be. If I saw that. <laughs> but I'd be so mad. Outside of yeah. that, uh, yeah, it's a fair pick. The, the Bucks are, are a fun team to watch. No, They've had some cool f- games, like the game they had against the Raiders a couple weeks ago. That was a fun one. Mm-hmm. They're, um, 
yeah like it's 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 funny to say but like there's so few and like i feel like there's been so few entertaining games this year and the bucks have been a been part many. of a couple so yeah. uh that's definitely uh and if anything a positive not... another thing too is just to continue on the buccaneers like they're four and five but doesn't doesn't seem like they're out of that division you know what i mean no like the falcons are good but are they good it's, it's hard to tell yeah, it's it's kind of funny because this is again we're going to talk about another division that's just not very good, right? Yeah, uh, the Panthers have fallen off a cliff. Yeah, the Panthers, forget it. I've, I can't believe that. And it's I I think they just kind of maybe lost a little bit of a mental edge after losing in the Super Bowl because no, they've lost so many the... close games. Yeah, I know they have, but I'll tell you what it is about the Panthers. I bought a Panthers cap. Oh, and that's once it. I do that, teams go to shit. That makes sense. Oh, I also all my all my long term NFL bets this year, all had a, all had the Panthers on them. Really? Yeah, like Ouch. almost all of them. They all they were all scrapped like three weeks into well, the season. Well, they were supposed to be so good. They, yeah, they and they were getting Kelvin Benjamin back and yeah, you know I you know uh, they they lost Norman, but everyone was saying and I agreed with this that you know the front seven is what made the mm. the defensive backs look good, so they were gonna be okay, and then. It's just been yeah. a nightmare. And then, like... Yeah, it's not been good. You know, sticking with that division, the Saints are just kind of two different teams. They're great at home. They struggle on the road. Yeah, but they're nothing. I don't know. I I was watching a Saints game the other day. I don't even remember against who a couple of weeks ago. But it just didn't seem like... Like, remember the Saints with Drew Brees a couple of years ago? Like, they were amazing. Yeah. Like, you would watch, and it'd just be like okay, they're going to put up 40 points, don't worry, and it's all going to be okay. And just, I don't know, it's not it, like that anymore, I'll it, tell you that. It's been a couple of years it hasn't been like that, to be honest. Yeah. They've uh, they've kind of regressed a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Breeze is, you know, he's still passing for a ton of yards, but they're just, there's something lacking with that team for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Atlanta, like you said, like, are they are they a good team? Yeah, are like, they good? I, you know, I don't know. They started off what four and one. They look great. They did the same thing last year, and then last year they yeah. collapsed and they lost the division. This year they mm-hmm. collapsed, but luckily the division around them is not doing so well, so they're really still kind of holding well on. But they're what like two and four in their last six or something. Like they yeah, just, that's just, it. yeah. Well, they started off four and one, and mm-hmm. yeah, they're like six and four and now. Six and so, four now. Yeah. So two and three in their last five. Like that doesn't yeah, impress me too much. Great. No. Um, and their defense too, I don't think is very reliable. Um, and on offense, really, like nobody other than Julio Jones kind of scares me on that team. They got a good no, running game, it. but like in the passing game, like if you if you cover Julio, you're good. Like I feel like yeah, just cover Julio and force them to beat you with like Mohamed Sanu. Like <laughs> I don't think Sanu's gonna kill you, right? No, you shouldn't. Just just throw everything you got at uh, at Julio, and then you should be good. Yeah, that's what seems like that's how you beat the Falcons, and that's it. Well, speaking of bad teams. Okay. Shoot. My NFC lease this week is the Green Bay Packers. Okay. Um, man, do I regret saying the Packers are going to take the North on Wild Cards midseason awards episode. <laughs> <laughs> and that was only like two weeks ago. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago, but I'm already regretting that decision. Um, although. Yeah. I'll be fair to the past version of me. The NFC North looks like it's, uh, you know, it's just trying to fight the AFC South for the title of trashiest division in football. Yeah, seriously, especially the Vikings right now. I don't know what's going on there. Well, the Bears are one of the three worst teams in football, like hands down. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. 
The Vikings are 0-4 since their bye week. They started 5-0, and they're 0-4, and they've looked bad doing it. Bad, yeah, just looked bad. Like, the defense went from, is this the new Broncos, to mm-hmm. we're just not even talking about them because they're not doing anything of, you know, anything no, worthy. No. Nothing, nothing. Uh, their offensive line is trash, so... He, it's on, yeah. Ryan it's Reynolds. Uh, no, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Uh, I love that. He Bradford doesn't have any time to to throw the ball, and the offense just kind of fell apart. It's just what a shit show. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of people were saying Mike Zimmer for coach of the year, and I don't think anybody's going to vote for that at the end of the year. No, I don't think so. But at four and all, yeah, everybody was all over it. Five and all. But yeah, the Packers the the Packers have lost four of the last five games, and the only one like the only win they have came against the the freaking Bears. Bluff. <laughs> the fact that the Detroit Lions, um, you know, who've, who've had to win pretty much all their games on, like, miraculous last-second drives are, mm-hmm. are leading that division, I think, says it all. It's kind of just, it's crazy. It's, it's... Yeah. Yeah, it makes no sense. Um, but it's fun, I guess. Yeah, it is. That's fun. Yeah, the Lions have been fun. And I guess, yeah. you know, it's kind of fun to see that that race of, you know, you've got three teams in it. Who's going to win that division? Right now, like, none of those three teams are out of it. The Lions had a bye last week. They didn't even play, and they moved from third to first in the division. Yeah, for real. Um, <laughs> but, I don't know. The, so, the Packers have been taking quite a bit of heat this season because, uh, you know, Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He has been totally for, like, safe. a decade. And it's kind of hard for anybody to wrap their heads around how, like, a team with a good quarterback can be bad in a league that kind of revolves around quarterbacks. Uh, yeah. So a lot of people have been taking shots at Rodgers. Um, I think, you know, he hasn't he hasn't been the best. I think long-term, Rodgers is going to bounce back. Um, I Yeah, he should. I mean, history shows that he's amazing. So mm-hmm. he should be able to bounce back from this. I think... Um, you know, and and people have started to turn to Mike McCarthy now. I think he's getting a lot of the hate. Um, I've mm-hmm. never been a big fan of McCarthy. Uh, he's made some pretty questionable decisions in playoff games. Probably most notably the way he took his foot off the gas against the Seahawks in the uh, NFC title game two years ago, and they yeah. completely blew it. Like it was didn't make any sense. The play yeah, calling was terrible. It just got super soft. And uh, to me, the team that like that team hasn't been the same since. Like they 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 totally that game? They, yeah they blew their chance to make it to the Super Bowl there. And then last year, you know, okay, Jordy Nelson got hurt, but they just like mm-hmm. they weren't a good team. Uh, uh, Rodgers went God knows how many games without getting a passer rating over a hundred. Like he just looked not like himself last year. That's carried over into this year. Maybe um, uh, McCarthy lost the room. It's maybe a, it's a, maybe it's more of a hockey reference, but. But I yeah it's true it is more of a hockey reference. But, but yeah. for me, um, I I don't I think the person to blame the most uh, is the GM Ted Thompson, uh, yeah. and I think okay. I think he it's time he starts to take some heat because uh, he's completely shut himself off from two of the three facets of team building. He only builds through the draft, and okay. building through the draft is smart, but. When you're a successful team for like 10 plus years like the Packers are and you're picking at the bottom end of the draft all the time, you're not yeah, always going to end up with high-end talent. Uh, you have to – I'm not saying you have to go out there and make big splashes in free agency and, and you know, 
grab no, you know you go spend 72 million dollars on olivier vernon or something no but you have to tweak you have to plug your holes right in yeah, 11 years as a packers gm he's only signed 10 unrestricted free agents and wow. only eight of those guys actually ended up making it through the offseason and playing a game for the packers that is shocking like i did not know that that's Isn't, crazy that, that's insane and the last packers unrestricted free agent signing was defensive lineman anthony hargrove in 2012 and he was suspended for six games coming off of Bounty Gate. And wow. he was a huge bust because he was cut before he ever even suited up in a real game for the Packers. And then he never played another game in the NFL. So, okay, that's crazy. So clearly Ted Thompson is lacking in his ability to, to both uh, scout free agents. Mm-hmm. To to you know he's clearly not open to bringing them in. Uh, probably his most effective move he's made in the last few years was picking up Julius Peppers in 2014, but that was mm-hmm. after he got cut by the Bears. Yeah, it was a smart move. Yeah, so he just picked them up. But he picked them up, and uh, you know, and then so that's one facet that he's completely he's, he's he's shut his team off to free agency. It's like not even an option to build the team. And then another way to build a team. And obviously not a way you can do it completely, but it's through trades, right? That's another way yeah, that GMs can make a difference. In his entire time, he's been he's been GM since 2005. He hasn't made a single trade that wasn't for a draft pick. All the picks, all, all the trades he makes are these draft day trades, wow. moving up and down the board. He hasn't made a single trade that, you know, let's say midseason. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like you've got a whole, maybe uh, you've got an injury on the offensive line and, and yeah, at the trade deadline you bring in a guy or, or you know, you trade for a wide receiver, you give up a six-round pick to, I don't know, Tennessee because wow, they're out of the play. Never, not once. He's never done that. I, so now, I like, I didn't know these things. I don't understand how he's not taking heat. This is crazy. It, it makes how no sense, you, right? How could you try to build a team like that? Let's say if you're doing something, you need to bring in some extra help. Make a trade. Do something. That's the thing, because you can't. The the and the draft is so unknown, right? Like even yeah, if let's course. say even if you were drafting at the top end of the draft, how many guys, you know, at the top end of each round end up being busts? Like, yeah, you're hard. you're not guaranteed to get anything, right? At least when you're grabbing a guy in free agency, and again, I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna sit here and pretend that free agent moves always work out. They don't. No, of course. Not. But you can be smart about it and fill in the back end of your roster, like you know. The way I look at ask, it. Let me ask you say? this. Yeah. Sorry. Do you know uh, for the, this building with the draft? Do you have any idea if he hit any home runs? Like amazing players that he got. Yeah, he's hit some home runs. I mean, um, like recently. Recently, probably. Who's he not hit to, sorry, recently? Sorry, not to put you on the spot. No, no. Anything, I'm. That, that's a good question. I'm I mean, just curious. Um. Recently, who's he hit on recently? I guess the the most recent one that was a, a real hit was uh, I want to say Clay Matthews in 2010. Okay. Maybe Haha Clinton Dix. Mm. He's a he's a solid player. All right. Um, but they're not game changers. Well, well, yeah, no. Clay Matthews is, is a game changer. Haha Clinton Dix is like you know maybe not a game changer, but a really solid starter. He's he's mm-hmm. made good draft picks, but the thing is, is that. Hey, it's not on the a year only to thing year, you can do. Yeah, it's not the only thing you can do. To me, it makes no sense to completely shut yourself off to the other team building tools that you have. Like you got uh, any good GM is going to use all the tools in his belt, right? Like you're you're Of course. You're going to Yes, but the best teams in the NFL are built through the draft. The best team in any sport is usually built mm-hmm. through the draft, and that makes sense to me. But mm-hmm. good teams are also looking at, okay, 
you know, we need some some depth linebackers or we need a blocking yeah. tight end or whatever. And, and and those guys are always available. They're always I mean, available, right? So why not go, go get that them. veteran guy that mm-hmm. you're, you're spending, you know, maybe a little more than you would on a draft pick, but you know you're bringing in. Like, for example, okay, the, 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 the Packers have a hole at tight end and they had a hole in the offseason. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, okay, maybe you don't go out and sign Colby Fleener to a ton of money or uh, Dwayne Allen to a ton of money. But mm-hmm. Gresham went for dirt cheap. And they need a blocking tight end, and I don't even—I can't even honestly—I don't even know the name of the guy who's their blocking tight end. He's like <laughs> this random, undrafted free agent out of nowhere. Gresham oh. is never became a big catching tight end, but he's always been fantastic always- as a blocker, right? Mm-hmm. Or yeah. Ladarius Green went for reasonable money, and yeah. and he's—you know—okay, he ended up being injured, but still, it's a move that you know obviously you wouldn't know that in the off season that he was going to be injured, but. He could have made a big no, difference. This is a guy who's made an impact in, in San Diego catching the football. You haven't had a reliable tight end since Jermichael Finley stopped being good four years ago. <laughs> Jermichael. Ha- I love that name. It's such a great name. But, yeah. you know, or on defense, they had a whole at linebacker. Danny Trevathan went from the Broncos to the Bears in the division. He got $6 million a year. He's 25 years old. He's in his prime. He's yeah. had a couple of great seasons with the Broncos. And I, like what I don't understand is they were willing to pay Peppers six million dollars a year when he was in his like mid thirties a couple yeah, years ago. Yeah, he was over the hill already. He was already like you know in his twilight years. Why are mm-hmm. you not willing to make a play for for Danny Trevathan? And honestly, yeah. I think at the same contract, Trevathan probably would have gone to the Packers or the Bears. The Bears don't exactly well, have yeah, a bright future. Bears, Do you have a chance? Whoa. Yeah, you have a chance to go play you know on a team with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you get to be in a linebacking core with Clay Matthews. And you play at Lambeau. And you play at Lambeau, right? So I'm a player. I'm going there. For me, I don't don't think they extended the offer. I don't think they were even interested because if you look at his history, he doesn't sign anybody. Wow. This is eye-opening stuff, I got to say. Yeah, I th- that's 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 my take on the Packers. I think it's time that they move on from Ted Thompson and start, you know, using all the tools at their disposal. Definitely. <laughs> Well, we went on a little rant about the Packers there. Yeah, we'll take it. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. All right. So I don't who, even remember where we were. Um, it's you now. Who you got uh, for your NFC least? Oh, my NFC least. It's the team that we kind of touched on before because they played against my AFC least. Is it, <laughs> is, is it bad? Is it bad to take a least even if they won the game? I've done that before. I uh, I had the the Ravens as my least in week three after they were three and zero. Oh, okay. And then Perfect. they 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 railed off four straight losses. That's my proudest oh, moment do. as a podcast host. Yeah, that's that was a good call. But yeah, no, the Rams. Uh, the Rams have to be the least. I <laughs> I can't understand. Like, there's there's times where you're gonna play against teams that are inferior, and you have to step it up. That that's it. Like, the fact that you got the win is fine, but you scored nine points. <laughs> it's unbelievable to me. And I just can't understand how a team could do that against just another terrible team. And it's just, it's crazy. Yeah, and it makes so no sense. Yeah. Makes- so I don't have all the uh, facts and all the stats like you always have there, but anyway. 
No, I, it's, uh, I agree with that. I mean, we've, uh, Al and I talked about no, you guys uh, Jeff Fisher. The Rams. Yeah. We've ripped the Rams a couple times. Uh, I, I really don't, I don't like what they're doing. I, I can't, you know, I, like I, like I told Al no. a few weeks ago, if I'm, if I'm a young, you know, Los Angeles football fan, I'm waiting around hoping that San Diego moves up. Seriously, before picking Somebody. a team, before buying a jersey, because the Rams are just. No, I don't want a Rams jersey. I no. can tell you that. And I'm looking forward to Jared Goff sucking on the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So that you could laugh at them again. Yeah. Yeah, I really could because they, you know, they had the. It's it's always amusing when the team with the number one pick and there's two quarterbacks and you end up choosing the wrong one. Mm-hmm. That's always that's always that rough. is always hilarious. I mean, we don't know we don't know that that's gonna happen. This is just speculation. No, but for me, it's like course. you're a bad team. <clears throat> okay, maybe you don't go into the season with that mindset. But no, of course not. Are like you have to be realistic in thinking: Are we winning a Super Bowl with Case Keenum? No, definitely not, not from no, what I've seen. Not in a million years, right? I don't think there's any football mind that would have. Even tried to make that argument. <clears throat> Are you making the playoffs with Case Keenum? Probably not. Like probably, probably not. not. So why are you not starting Jared Goff? Like, is there like cause the whole oh you know we don't want to throw him into the lion's den type of thing? There's gonna be pressure, this and that. But, but isn't that the best way to do it? And like some like I understand how sometimes you can throw a guy in there and you don't have the pieces in front of him and it. Shakes his confidence, and then he never puts it together. Maybe. Uh, yeah, in football, I guess it is a different beast. Like, for yeah, for he, me, it's because he gets railed, especially for time. quarterback. Quarterback is the one position where I I would yeah, say that yeah, sometimes you got to be maybe a little careful. For me, honestly, and okay, not that I have any credentials, but if I'm building a team, I'm building an offensive line before I'm drafting a quarterback. Yeah, that's fair to say. I've had this conversation with Al a million times about the Mm -hmm. Bills and how they kept drafting quarterbacks. And I kept saying, the Bills have no offensive line. What does it matter who you have a quarterback? Yeah, it doesn't matter. um, If you're getting hit all the time. And and you're seeing it it now with the Cowboys. You see it with the Raiders. You see it with the Titans. These are teams that went out and either spent high draft picks or big money in free agency to bring in offensive lines. And their young quarterbacks have looked good because of it. And their running games yeah. have looked good because of it. And they've been successful teams transitioning mm-hmm. to young quarterbacks. Whereas, you know, you take a team like the Browns or the Jags or the Rams and you're throwing out, you know, you throw out a young quarterback behind a crappy line. Yeah, he's always going to look bad. He's going to look bad. He's going to get eaten alive. And then, you know, if you don't have the confidence and you start seeing ghosts, like that was a big problem with, with uh, Sam Bradford is that he kept getting injured on these huge hits. He had no protection. And then, you know, then the guy was like seeing ghosts. Like he was hearing footsteps every time he dropped back. And then you can't be an effective quarterback if you're kind of like half flinching, you know. Oh, yeah, you, you're flinching already. You and know what I mean? trying to make a decision. It's Forget about impossible. it. It's not going to happen. So, uh yeah, that's that's oh, yeah. that's what I think. But at the same time, like you just moved to a new city, I think, I think the fans would be more willing to accept you sucking with like the number one overall pick, you know, starting off as a yeah. rookie, no expectations, whatever, and see him develop than like, oh, Case Keenum, this guy who's been in the league for a few years and we already know is crap. <laughs> like we already know he's terrible. There's nothing. Nothing is gonna turn Case Keenum into Tom Brady. Like it's not happening. Right? <laughs> 
Whereas if you oh. you throw Jared Goff out there, at least you're like, you know what? Maybe there's something there. Like you see flashes. You're like, oh, maybe this guy could be a franchise quarterback. I don't know. Anyways, I I think it's yeah, of course. Ridiculous. Just gives the fans something to cheer about. Yeah, that's that's also another thing when you, especially like you said, moving to a new city, getting people into it. It's well, you're football's trying, been in LA before. Right? Yeah, it has. So, but you're trying to. You, I mean, there's there's. I mean, from what I can see, there's going to be a lot of movement in that area, right? Like the Raiders are probably moving. The yeah, the the, like the, the Chargers look like they're going to move. So you're the first team to you know to set base in LA. There might be another team coming. Yeah, you want to be. Don't the you want to be the team? Don't you want to be? You know, like you want to be the Yankees, not the Mets, right? Not yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know. Anyways, that's my take. Yeah, well, they don't seem to be doing it, so. No, I think they're dropping the ball, and I think uh, it's gonna, it's not gonna work out well for them. Well, um, we'll see. All right, let's move on to player performances. Um, oh great. My uh, my beast player in the AFC this week is uh, Marcus Mariota. Aha! The Titans make a reappearance. They make a reappearance. Um, so you touched on him a little bit, but uh, you know Mariota had a bit of a tough start to the season. Uh, in the first few games, people were wondering what you know what happened to Mariota. He was completing less than sixty percent of his passes. Uh, he mm-hmm. threw for five interceptions. But since then, he's kind of started to get more comfortable. You know, Malarkey's put in a run-first offense. He's adapted to it. And in the last six games, he's thrown for 17 touchdowns and three interceptions. That's yeah. that's phenomenal. That's, that's good stuff. Yeah, and the Titans have scored at least 26 points in each of the last six games, and that's got a lot to do with Mariota's improved play. Um mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that offense is explosive right now. Yeah, it is. You know, both running the ball, passing it, they've got everything. Like I said, they built a great offensive line. So Mariota's got a ton of time. Last year, he was one of the most hurried quarterbacks in the NFL. Now he has the most time in the NFL. That makes mm-hmm. such a difference for a quarterback. Uh, you know, having time to throw the ball can turn a mediocre quarterback into a very good quarterback. And I think mm-hmm. Mariota already had the tools to be a good quarterback, and now you give him, you give him the time, and, and we're seeing what happens. Yeah, no, it's amazing. He's doing really well. And, uh, you know, I like the way he played against the Packers. He had, uh, you know, he had a nice touch on most of his deep balls, which usually is not his forte. Uh, and I found he had good ball placement on most of his throws. It allowed his receivers to make some plays after the catch. I always like that when uh, when you throw a receiver open and uh, and let him make some moves. Yeah, um, it's fun to watch that. So, you know, for me, if he keeps playing, if he keeps playing like this, the, chan- the, the Titans uh, can win that dumpster fire division. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love dumpster fire i always thought that was a funny word yeah that's one of my favorites yeah okay who you got uh who do i got where did we start again afc afc beast. afc beast it's you're not gonna like it i'm telling you i'm not gonna like it no okay <laughs> i got joe flacco oh get out of here <laughs> yeah for a couple of reasons okay let's hear what? it let's hear it one reason is because, well, just just based on numbers, 300 yards, three TDs, I mean, pretty good. Yeah. We're not going to take that away from anybody. I don't care who it is. Okay, second he played against the Browns defense. Uh, that's not exactly impressive. But third, we had him in Survivor. He put it up for us, and it was perfect. Okay. That's, yeah. that's all I needed from him. 
that's to make yeah. it to get the win against the Browns of that, all teams. That's fair, and it allowed us to to cash in on our ticket. So uh, yeah, you you've sold me on that one. I uh, yeah, you I didn't have me had, at the beginning, but you you've turned me around. I, I turned you okay, good, because I also we were that night when we watched it. It was me and Brian at some bar, <laughs> and believe me, the Canadians were playing so. We were having a very difficult time getting the Ravens game on TV. Yeah, for sure. And we had to ask about six different people before somebody finally decided to turn one TV. I don't understand what this is about bars where apparently every TV is connected to each other. What? You can't just have... Uh, yeah, they changed one channel. They tried it twice. They changed one channel and they changed every channel. Then people started booing because the Canadians were like on a power play. <laughs> <laughs> so you and Brian were the most hated guys in that bar. Yes, we were also the only two English guys in that bar. So oh, great! Yeah, you guys were in a really, really good position. Us. Yeah, I know. We we jetted as soon as the as soon as the Ravens scored their final touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but uh, you got out of there by the skin of your asses. Oh yeah, yeah, we had to. Oh man, that's funny. So, but really, what is what's the deal with that? Like, I didn't know that all the TVs and no, bars are connected. Like. You have a sp- it's not usually like that, but it's been a couple places now where you could ask Al about it next time. But yeah, they try to change one TV. I think every screen is connected to one receiver. But that's or like, like max you, two receivers. That makes no sense to me because the, the point of a bar, you should be able to watch yeah, multiple have, games. Exactly. Like Thank you. people go to bars, especially bars that play sports, because like, oh, I'm you know a fight is on and I can't catch it on TV. Yeah. But then you know you go to a bar and if they're playing all the same hockey, like even have multiple hockey games on. People that you know people aren't just Some, fans yeah, of one team. Like well, here in Montreal, you know how it is. No, I know, but like you know, I still only like fans to see of one thing. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's a good point. But still, yeah. you, you know. You you would no, appreciate I, seeing I, some I other hockey agree. games up there. Of course, I would love it, but that's not how it works here. Apparently, anyways. Canadians oh. are king. Yeah, I mean, that's true. It's always been that uh, yeah. way. It'll always be that way. Exactly. So yeah, that was my AFC beast. I told you you were gonna like it, but. Well, you uh, you managed to sell me on it, so uh, it's a successful uh, pitch. <laughs> Good. Um. I'm going to take a shot at my own team here with the NFC least, uh, AFC least and uh, okay. I'm I'm not singling out one player. I'm singling out the New England Patriots pass rushers. All of All them, right. the whole group. Just a pitiful performance against the Seahawks. Um, yes. The Seahawks I agree. Vinny, the Seahawks yeah. were starting a left tackle that hadn't played the position at the professional level until like 3 weeks ago. Wow, and also apparently, apparently, he hadn't been a starter since Pee Wee football. What? Now I want to make another point here. Where did he come from? <laughs> How do you make it to the NFL if you haven't yeah. been a starter since Pee Wee football? Like, oh, how really? do you trudge how? along? My mindset is always that sense. you know, to make it into a professional league, you were always like the best at what you did. At every, well, yeah, you, you know what I mean? Like it's be, all these small you to be towns. The best somewhere, like. But apparently, this guy hasn't started a game since Pee Wee. So he just went through college, not starting on the bench. Just backing maybe, up, backing up. Maybe I guess he was a good water boy. Like he's like one of those <laughs> room guys or team guys. He throws know? really good parties, 
and yeah, he brings so great snacks. <laughs> of course. He kept them around. He had a fantastic like, resume. He did all kinds of volunteer work. Then, yeah, the team drafts, then a team drafts him and they ask him questions. And, yeah, you know, something about him. He was always there. So that's it. They just that, had to take him. That's how you get to the NFL without starting a game since Pee Wee football. Wow, that's, that's one of the most shocking stats I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, that blew my mind when I read that. But to get back to my original point, how do you not yeah. blow by this guy all game oh, yeah. long? How are you not blitzing the heck out of Russell Wilson? Who's... Well, he's been rested for so long. <sighs> but they have, they've got one of the worst offensive lines in football. They, it's been that way since the beginning of the season. They've had, they, mm-hmm. have, they, they went in with a bad group. They've had injuries to that really bad group and had to start guys like this guy. I can't even remember his name. Yeah, who, it's you know, is practically not even a football player. No, of course, it doesn't and, sound like he is. And they didn't generate any pressure whatsoever. And that's yeah. it's so frustrating. I mean, they traded away Chandler Jones at the beginning of the year because Jabal Sheard mm-hmm. was supposed to be able to step in for him. And it was apparently to save money to, to sign Collins and, and, and Hightower. Then they traded Collins for a third-round yeah. pick midseason. When you're mm-hmm. leading, you've got the best record in football, you trade your, you know, your best <laughs> pass-rushing linebacker. When your pass rush is garbage. Was well, garbage, yeah. I don't get that. Sheard does three and a half sacks this season. They signed, Very strange. They signed Chris Long to be his bookend. He's got one sack, and it came in the first game. Okay. So wow. the Patriots' pass rush is is non-existent. And the best example of that, and it was also it's also partly schematic. Like at the end mm-hmm. of the first half, where they've yeah. got Wilson... You know, they got the Seahawks in a third and nine. There's like, I don't know, what, 45 well, seconds left on the clock. Please don't get me on that. And and, on and that. they'd run that stupid rush to play the, the play before, and it worked because they didn't, you know, they didn't see it coming, and there was nine guys, you know, defending the pass. But then on third down against a team that has a notoriously bad offensive line, bring some pressure. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Instead, they rush two again as if it's gonna work again, and they let him and they let him march all the way down like that. Uh, I was losing my mind. I was losing my mind. I know you were. You had money on the game. But, yeah, yeah. You you know the story then. But uh, it's just unbelievable, like unbelievable. So for me, you know, I gotta I gotta point that out. Their pass rush is garbage, and it uh, sure. it drives me team. insane. It drives me insane. You have to. Yeah. All unbelievable. Right. Yeah. No, we had some money on that game and. I wanted to shit all over the Pats for this entire thing, but I think I kind of forgot about it at some point because I was nervous. But yeah, but uh, yeah, they they cost us a bit of money. Yeah, well, Patriots. Anyway, it happens to all of us. It happens to all of us. We're all gamblers, unfortunately. Yep. So my AFC least. Um, I had actually like you a unit. Oh, nice. Which. Which was pretty terrible. It's the Cleveland Browns defense. <laughs> oh, that's like a that's, that's that's a whole side of the ball. I'm impressed. That, that's <laughs> no, no, that's just everything, man. Anything. It's just when guys are just walking around, like the Ravens uh, wide receivers, just walking wide open, not even running routes, just walking around in the in the end zone. Uh, that's a pretty bad defense. I, yeah. I'll say. If if you can score a touchdown on them. Playing the old like high school football uh, backyard, just get open in the end zone. Yeah, uh, it's just 
it's not normal. But it just freaked me out when I was watching, and there's just people open all over the place. And like we said even before, Joe Flacco's not the greatest quarterback in the world, but he's going to find people open in, on a defense like that. Well, so, yeah. I mean, they, they bring no pressure. I don't think they're very good at covering no, anybody. I, I didn't even see them penetrate anything. It was just just a field day for, for the Ravens. Yeah, and it's a couple of games in a row now that they give up, the, what, at least oh, 25, like 30, 30 points. points or, yeah, something like that. It was it's unreal. Yeah, I think the wheels are starting to come off that team because for most of the first half of the season, they, they were kind of like in every game. Like, yeah, it was always close. They especially, were always like, we were always betting against the Browns and Survivor, and they would always kind of like scare us a bit in the first half. They'd be up by three. And... Well, they did it against the Ravens, too. They were up by four. It was 7-3 for a bit. Yeah. And then, forget it. Like you said, the wheels just fell off. It's yeah. Nothing was happening. They laid no pressure again. Crazy. Yeah, it's getting to the point of the season where you're kind of like, well, the season's over. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Uh, at 0 and 10. At 0 and 10, like this is, I think you know, this is kind of like the the area where I guess some guys are playing for contracts. Some guys who have who are settled in are kind of like, oh well, I guess I'll pack it up for next year. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you got a couple of young guys who, uh, you know, are trying to make a mark. But I think, yeah, uh, but who? I, think it's I done. mean, it's done. Yeah, that team. But it's let's see if they go 0 and 16. Which is hard to do. Yeah, it's tough. It's I remember act- the Lions did it a while back. And they looked so much worse doing it. Yeah. They looked so much worse doing it. It's that was... Man, why couldn't we be in a survivor pool then? Oh, yeah, just go... I feel like you could have just picked them against them every I week. I wonder if anybody won that survivor pool. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. Just picking against just against the Lions. Somebody, somebody probably outsmarted themselves. That's how that pool ended. Yeah. Someone said, oh, yeah, the, the Lions are not going to go 0 16, and they pick something yeah, else that was stupid, now. and then some guy ran away with 100 grand because yeah, he was smart enough to keep betting against the Lions. <laughs> probably. But it, it's statistically improbable to lose that many games. Like It, it just, really is. It, there's you, always going to be that one game where the other no team talent. doesn't show up. I know, but sometimes, like, you always see it, man. Great team. Like, the best of teams will lose games to, like, teams that are far inferior that might as well not even be playing in the same league and somehow they you know they get on the field yeah, and then they they, they, they fumble sure. the first kickoff and then you know the next drive a guy you know the quarterback throws a pick and then all of a sudden you're down 14 and you're just like you know what i mean like crazy yeah, no, stuff I, like that I know exactly always what you happens mean, but when your quarterback can't even throw for 100 yards in the game uh, it's pretty hard for that to happen. And they've started like six or seven quarterbacks, including Terrell oh, Pryor, who's their best wide receiver. Their, yep. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at the stats, and he was their best wide receiver with a grand grand total of 48 yards. Yeah. In that game, so yeah, it's it's not it's not easy to go 0 16, but this team looks like they could do it. It look yeah, they look primed to do it. Yeah, they one look of the primed. few. They're going to be in history. Exactly. Hey, if there's one way to be in history, I mean, there's more than one way to be in history. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move on to the NFC. Okay. Uh, I'm uh, I'm going with Russell Wilson as my uh, top performer in the NFC. Okay. Uh, you know, they had, Wilson and, and that Seahawks offense had a bit of a rough start to the season, like we were just talking about. They had a bad, you know, mm-hmm. the O-line is bad. 
And then because the O-line was bad, Wilson couldn't, you know, he couldn't even scramble because the O-line sucked and he got his ankles crushed at the beginning of the season by pass yeah, rushers. He was hurt. Yeah. And he was like taped up, wearing like three braces. Like, I don't yeah, even I know how he was. Pictures. Unbelievable, yeah. right? And then, I don't know, he had a trainer like sleeping over at his house, waking him up every 45 minutes yeah, or something I crazy. Like, I didn't understand what the point was of waking him up all the time. I don't, because he was on too many pain meds? No, I think it's like a movement thing. I think it's like to get the muscles healed or the ligaments or I don't know what. Like you have to keep them warm, right? Maybe like going okay. to sleep, it gets stiff. I don't. This this is just like me spitballing yeah, yeah. here. I don't know what the what the real thing but is, but still, I've never. Heard yeah, of I woke that, him up like what once an hour or like it was just like yeah, a ridiculous they number. They woke him up like every hour. Yeah, I don't know. I would the, go crazy. But I'll I'll give the guy props, man. That takes tremendous dedication. He could have easily just slept all night, recovered like yeah. any normal guy. I'll be good when I'm good. <laughs> Instead, you know, he's uh, he's dedicated. I got to give it to him. And uh, no, he's healthy yeah, now. It take, worked. Yeah, exactly. I never take anything away from Russell Wilson. No, that absolutely not. Awesome. He is. Yeah. And now he can buy some time with his legs. So I think it comes just in time for him to have one of those typical, amazing November, December runs. Uh, That's what they do, eh? Yeah, I was looking into him. Wilson is the highest rated passer in the months of November and December, like in the history of the NFL. He's got the highest wow. passer rating in the months of November and December. And okay. so he's played two games in November this year. He has a passer rating of 131. He's completed 72% of his passes for 630 yards, five touchdowns, wow. no picks. Yeah, that's pretty unbelievable. I think it's I think it's safe to say he's on track to continue his late season dominance. Oh yeah, I I have no I cannot disagree with that. He's been playing outstanding and they're going to come back to what they were, I guess. Yeah, I think so. They, they always it seems like that's been the trend, you know, the last couple of years they kind of start off a little slow and then November December boom, they hit their stride and then they're going deep in the playoffs. Yeah. All right, who we got? No, I don't like the Seahawks. I know. But anyway, <laughs> that's a, that's just another that's, thing. An, that's another story for another day yeah it might have something to do with gambling i can't tell you <laughs> yeah um all right my where were we? nfc uh top performer was just to outdo your top performer of the uh in the afc I'll take the first overall draft pick of that year, Jameis Winston. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And we had touched on it, obviously, earlier. He had 300-and-something yards, a couple of TDs. He had the crazy play. He's just – he's. I think he's finding his stride in the NFL, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't – look, I don't remember what he did last year, if he was amazing or not, but I think there was some kind of controversy on if they made the right choice at – number one overall yeah a little bit there so was like, some conversation at points yeah and I, especially before the draft it was a whole conversation it oh was, yeah it was who really do you tight. take who do you take nobody knows nobody knows but look we still don't know i guarantee that we don't know but it looks like right now he's doing his thing on a very average team yeah agreed so that's, he's making it happen and he made some some pretty explosive plays on the weekend yeah, he really did, and that's why, well, that's why I took him as my performer of the week. That's fair. All right, um, my my NFC least mm-hmm. is Tony Romo. I know he wasn't playing. 
Yep, no, but, he wasn't. But Please I think, explain. <laughs> but I think that game against the Steelers uh, was the final nail in the Tony Romo coffin in Dallas. Really? I, I don't I know really about think that, it but was. okay. I really think it was. Um, Dak is just, he's killed it in the last three weeks. He had that big comeback against Philly. Uh, he had a, you know, this is a huge road win mm-hmm. against the Steelers who, you know, I've, you know, I kind of railed on them today, but they're regarded yeah. as one of the better teams in the NFL, despite their record. And they've got a great offense mm-hmm. and Dak went head to head with Ben Roethlisberger. He put up points. He's been connecting with Des Bryant, uh, yeah. which is, they big. had some good chemistry going and my, here's the moment I was watching that game and the moment where I realized, oh, Tony Romo's done in in, okay. in Dallas was when yeah. they started talking about Jason Witten and how Jason Witten was praising Dak Prescott for how good he was Uh-oh. in the room and what a leader and I was like oh man if he's lost if if if, if yeah. Jason Witten is buying into Dak Prescott I mean Jason Witten and Tony Romo have basically been like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid for the last <laughs> 10 years yeah, they're like 100%. inseparable remember back when when uh when Terrell Owens was on the team and then he had that yeah, press conference yeah. where he's whining about Witten and and Romo or mm-hmm. uh, their their uh, roommates and they're drawing up plays yeah without anybody without else anybody else knowing yeah. and it's like these guys are like they're like you know two peas in a pod man like yeah and it definitely looked like that when they were when they were playing oh, for right? sure Those two. they had crazy good chemistry so for me mm-hmm. the second I heard you know they're talking about oh yeah Witten's got all his praise for for Dak Prescott and then if you watch the last two games he's They've been connecting on the field too. He had mm-hmm. two of his better games. Like he caught how many touchdowns against the uh, against yeah. the Browns, and he's putting up all kinds of yards again. And it was like, but, oh, if you lost, if you lost Jason Witten, you you lost that team, Tony Romo. Yeah, but at the same time, well, I mean, you're right. I I cannot disagree. But at the same time, I mean, the guy has to play football. Romo's not there. He's got to do his thing with the quarterback that he has. So I mean. You know, yeah, he's not, he's liking Dak, but he's not shitting on Romo. You know oh, I'm mean? not saying he's shitting on, on Romo. I'm not saying he's lost him in the sense that he doesn't yeah. want to play for him anymore. More so in the sense that, like, we didn't really hear from Witten in the beginning of the season, right? Like, Dak's been a thing yeah. for, like, nine weeks now, right? And we were not, Nobody yeah, was going to Witten. First of all, he he was having one of his worst seasons, in yeah, the first few weeks, right? He was totally like Dak wasn't throwing to him at all. It was it was like the Cole Beasley show in Dallas. Yeah. And the last few weeks there's been a bit of a transition. He's been, you know, connecting with Witten and Witten started talking positively about him. To me it just shows that I think the team is yeah, kind of behind they're, they're they're on board. Mm-hmm. Dak's been great. It's kind of like uh, we're we're moving forward, you know? I think <laughs> uh I think Tony Romo lost his shot in Dallas, which is uh you know i always no, like to make fun of tony romo because he's he had uh, a couple of, of choke jobs in the playoffs but you know he's Definitely. been one of the better quarterbacks in the nfl there's no denying it statistically this guy's been great mm-hmm. and uh you know with a running game like that an offensive line like that I, I i find it hard to make the argument that romo wouldn't be playing amazing in dallas right now yeah i know he probably well he'd probably be eight and one too that's he probably would he yeah, probably would he lost it. it sucks to lose from injury but yeah, it does, but it's what he. That's but how he got just, his job. Yeah, exactly. But you know, just to say, for the rest of the season, I mean, he's still there, right? So he's there. He's he's. It, I think it would take a monumental collapse from Dak, though. Really? Not just like 
a two-game well, losing streak. First of all, like so, he's super tight with the Jones family, and mm-hmm. they, they, you know, uh, Jerry Jones at the beginning of the season, you know, was saying that Romo was the quarterback, this and that, and we're gonna evaluate mm-hmm. it as it goes on. It was kind of like, yeah, Romo's gonna get a shot. And then the way he was talking last week, I can't remember the comment exactly, but it was kind of like, okay, you know, they they're ready to 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 part ways, and and it's uh, it's Dak's team now. So. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's I think honestly, but, I think for me, it's got to be like, yeah, maybe two games in a row where he loses, but not only loses, but looks bad, you know? Yeah, he's got to look bad doing it. Like they don't win on a last-minute field goal, and then it's Dak's fault. Because I think it, like it's unfair to expect the guy to go fifteen and one, right? I think they're expecting that they're oh, gonna lose some games, so it's got you know maybe two games in a row losing gets Romo back in, but only if like you know he has a couple fumbles and he throws a few bad picks and he looks like a rookie. Hello? What happened? I don't know. Just cut. Weird. Anyways. Is that a first? That's a first. All right. (laughs) A whole bunch of firsts. Yeah. All right, uh, let's let's move on to your uh, your NFC least. My NFC least is not that difficult. It's Jay Cutler. Oh yeah, <laughs> and he he's been an NFC least and a league least for weeks now. Not to mention he's a big baby. Everybody yeah, knows that. Everybody knows that. So yeah, he they played against the Buccaneers, obviously. It seems like I'm talking about that game a lot today. <laughs> and he didn't even watch it. That's the best part. And uh, no, he just apparently looked bad. Well, from what I read, he, was, he wasn't he was even, I don't know, making throws. He was missing guys. Yeah, he, he was bad. wasn't there. I saw part yeah, of that he game. Was he was bad. Like, 182 bad. yards he threw. Big deal. I mean, you're Jay Cutler. You're supposed to be throwing 300, 400 yards. And... He just, he doesn't have it. Something, look, we, it seemed like his days were over in, in Chicago anyway. Mm-hmm. I, like years ago, I would say maybe three years ago. Yeah, I agree with that. And he just seems to be sticking around because they don't have any other option. Yeah. And so that's it. He just, he's always there and maybe he's fed up of it too. I think because, so. I think they both need a new face. Yeah, because nothing is happening. I mean... He doesn't seem to be on the same page with any of his receivers. He just he's just there. He's the quarterback and that's how it's always been, I guess, since his era. And he's just over now. Yeah, he's done. I honestly I don't I don't see where he could go from here in the NFL. Like who wants like is he I don't know. See, I don't know about that. I I I'm not ready to call his career finished. But is he like a starter somewhere? Probably not. Right? Like, I don't know that he goes, like, I don't think he does one of these, like, Carson Palmer things where he ends up no. on, like, the Cardinals and they go from, like, mediocre to contender or... Uh, well, what if he goes to some team that has nobody like the Rams? Yeah, but then I think he's in a genuine, like, I think he's in, like, a quarterback battle. Like, if he goes to, like, the 49ers or something, mm-hmm. maybe. But the thing is, is that, like, why would a bad team go after yeah, a bad no. like okay not that he's a, 
Like, the only way I see it is if you have a team that's like, okay, all we're missing is a decent quarterback. And for some reason you think, oh, I think Jay Cutler can put it together. Which, I'm sorry, when you're talking about a guy who's probably like yeah, in his 30s now and you're hoping he puts it together already is a stretch. I can't yeah, stand can't. it when... I can't stand it when you have these things in sports, you know, like a guy changes teams and he's been, you know, he's been this thing forever. Yeah, if right? he's not that now. And if he's over. not the other thing by now, it's over. But yeah, in I sports, know. we always let ourselves think we, like, oh, always. it's a different situation. On this team, yeah. he has Coach X and he's playing with no. Player Y and that's going to make him this super duper star that he was supposed to be 13 years ago when he got drafted. Ain't happening. Yeah, exactly. Ain't happening. It's not not happening. Yeah. Yeah, you're totally right about that. You see it all the time. All sports. the time. All the time. It's yeah, it's baffling. You see it all the time. It drives me yeah, insane. Too and many we, examples in the NHL. Like it's oh always, god. But yeah. It yeah. It's, it's one of those things. People think. Sometimes people think like pedigree goes further than what's actually what they're actually seeing. Yeah. And I hate that. Oh, you see big examples of that. If uh, if Alex was here, he'd probably be talking about. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He'd be talking about uh, Doug Flutie, and oh, yeah. uh, and what's his face, Rob Johnson. It's the same <laughs> thing. Johnson. Well, yeah, it's Good one time. of those. It happens all the time yeah. in, in the NFL, right? Where you got like, oh, prototypical. This guy's a prototypical quarterback. He's got the big arm yeah, yeah, and yeah. the crew cut, and he's like, you know, he was like the leader of his high school football team, and he wow. and he married the cheerleader type of thing. <laughs> so he has to be good so he's got to be good right it's yeah. like he's in all the movies he's got to be good <laughs> meanwhile the other guy's sitting on the bench for his whole life and somehow he made it to the nfl yeah <laughs> hasn't started since peewee football but he's starting in... left what is left tackle what was he playing left tackle left, guard. left tackle Jeez. that's left like tackle. one of the most important positions yeah in football. that's so important Unbelievable! All right, let's uh, let's wrap this up. Move on to the. Uh, did you pick? Uh, did you pick some winners? Some bets? I did. You did. All right, you're filling in for Alex this week, so you've got oh, his. God. You've so, inherited so. his uh, his three two and one record. Okay, not bad. Um, let's. Uh, I'll, I'll let you kick it off. Okay, so let's see. What did I write down here? Okay, we'll, my we'll first go one pick, pick at a time. Okay, my first pick with. Uh, is with the Oakland Raiders. Interesting. Yeah, they're they're getting six and a half points. They're at home against Houston. I'm not sold on Houston yet, and I think the Raiders are just a good team. They could win by one touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. The um, I looked at that one too. The only reason I wasn't super crazy about it is because the game's like in Mexico City. Yeah, I only heard about that afterwards when you guys were talking about it. But I mean. But I, I, I'm, I'm I with you. They're still they're still a better team than the than the Texans, and I think they can win. Why by a are score. they playing in Mexico City? Does anybody know the answer? I, to I that literally question? only found out about that like this week. I was listening to I think another podcast or something, and somebody yeah. brought it up, and I'm like, "What? Mexico City? That's never happened before." Are they yeah. looking to expand the NFL down south? <laughs> Mexico, like, yeah. How are they gonna get over the wall? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna make it really difficult for the teams to travel. Seriously, what the <laughs> hell? I found that so weird when I heard that. Yeah, it's it's weird. I don't get it. I, and I didn't hear anything about it either. It's not like they were. Yeah, talking. Yeah. You think that would be something they talk about on the broadcast? But yeah, anyways. I would have thought you would have heard about it everywhere. Anyway. 
All right, my first pick is uh, the Cowboys minus seven against the Ravens. Um, you know what I think about the Ravens. Uh, yeah, exactly. The you know the Cowboys have a great running game, um, and they're you know, I I think they can yeah, no. uh, I think they can beat the Ravens by uh, by over nothing touchdown. against that pick. That's I was also looking at that one too. There was a few this week I thought that that could have been that were interesting. Yeah, they're gonna end up on our uh, tickets that won't win. But, uh... Yeah, exactly. So that's uh, anytime we say they're interesting and they're good picks, they're never good picks. That's, so it's, that's it's what we've awesome. come to learn. All right. So what's your second pick? So my second one was gonna probably be my survivor pick, but we sold our tickets, so it's all good. But I'm gonna take Detroit with six and a half points against Jacksonville. Yeah, I like that. I, pick. Yeah, Jacksonville is not impressing anybody. And uh, Detroit's just one of those teams that, now that they are in first place, I bet they'll try to show that this is our division. Let's try to take it. Yeah, they're coming out of a bye. It's going to be a statement game. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I'm thinking. All right, my uh, I'm going to shout out to Joey for my second pick. I'm going with a no road way. warrior. No way. Um, I think I know where you're going with this, but yeah. I'm going the Dolphins. Oh. They're on the road against L.A., they're playing Jared Goff in his first start, and yeah. they're minus half a point. Okay. They gotta. They gotta. They cover with a rouge. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Anytime you can make a CFL reference, you gotta hit it. I had to take that one. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. But really, all they gotta all they gotta do is pin uh, Jared Goff back in the end zone, get a safety, and uh, and that game's covered. Yeah. Like minus covered, minus right? half a point. Uh, the the Rams are terrible. The Dolphins are on a winning streak. Um, yeah, the Dolphins are playing good. You're right. Yeah, I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's a crazy pick. I like it. No, it's a good pick. Well, so that means uh, the Raiders and the the Lions and the Dolphins are all gonna lose. Yeah, that's what that means. And so make a ticket on everybody, on all those teams losing, and we should be okay. I've done that in the past, and it didn't work out so well. <laughs> of course not. Gambling just never works out well. I don't even know why we still do it, because it's so exciting. Uh, that's Yeah, it, it, keeps, it, it keeps the excitement, especially with all these bad games this year. Yeah, definitely. All right, Vinny, well, uh, thanks for coming on. Hey, no problem, man. Thanks for having me. And uh, might see you again next week. All right, perfect. Unless you want Joey. Uh, I'll I'll stick with you. This went well. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> All right, thanks, man. All right, see all right. That's all for this week's episode. Thanks for listening to the Wild Cards, and special thanks to Jeremy Romberg for providing the music for this podcast. 